All right, folks, I apologize for showing up late here. We were having some technical difficulties, but we are now ready to get this session fired up. Massive one coming in here on a Super Bowl Sunday for you guys. Hopefully you're enjoying your Sunday, uh, getting ready to watch the Super Bowl, I guess, if that's what you're going to be doing. I'm going to be chilling. I'm going to be working, and we may be going live here later tonight as well. So be ready for the after party. After party might be coming in after the Super Bowl. Be ready for that one. And then um, also... If you haven't already, go, go back and make sure you guys listen to that Patrick Riley interview that we did. Just uh, aired that one last night. Okay, that was a massive session, getting lots of great feedback on Patrick's uh, interview. And so that's going to be listed on my YouTube as well for you guys. When you get a chance this week, obviously, Super Bowl Sunday, I know you guys are busy. But uh, when you get a chance, I think you definitely don't want to miss that one. And then we got some more sessions on the way that are definitely going to be fascinating. Big sessions coming up. And I just want to say thank you to everyone in the community that smashes that thumbs up, spread this message far and wide for me. And then if you're looking to get tapped in, it's over at the website. But without further ado, guys, let's get right on into it. And uh, let's take a look here at the market. Right now, the market back up slightly, 22000 for our Bitcoin, 1500 for Ethereum, and our $0.38 cent XRP is where we're at right now, okay? We got a lot unfolding. Uh, the chaos continues is what I called the session that I did last night. And we're just going to continue to see a ramp up from here, uh, definitely getting interesting. And so in tonight's episode, we're going to break down some of that. We're going to talk about XRP, the intergalactic reserve currency. We're going to talk about UFOs. And then we're going to talk about the $4,800 price valuation model that just got released. Um, and so we're going, to, we're going to go through that at the end of this session. It's going to be fascinating to have these conversations uh, on, on the brink of the UFOs and the alien invasion right before us. Uh, we got the intergalactic reserve currency that we can talk about. So really looking forward to it. Thank you so much for tuning in, guys. Let's have some fun here today. Thank you. Okay, here we go. Starting this one off with Elon the Musk, you know the deal. Elon, don't worry, just some of my alien friends of mine stopping by, he says. Yeah, yeah, Elon, Elon's friends stopping by. And it's not just here in the United States. We have the Uruguayan Air Forces investigating a sighting of flashing lights in the sky over Termas de Almiron. So we have it spreading rapidly. The Kobesi letter, the first spy balloon over the U.S. took nearly three days to take down. Over the last 48 hours alone, we've had five UFOs over North America. China has also reported a balloon in their airspace. Who would have thought that military jets taking down balloons would be the issue of 2023? Well, we don't know what they are, right? Balloons, UFOs, discs, we can't explain propulsion. Who knows what's going on? And I definitely don't believe the mainstream media either, okay? Um, so we're going to continue to watch this one. I think just within the last couple hours too, the airspace over Lake Michigan was temporarily shut down. I think that's now been canceled. Um, but we're just seeing situations developing across the world right now, not just in the United States, definitely getting interesting. And the Kobesi letter summed it up perfectly in this tweet right here. Recent events, we have January 10th, US NOTAM system fails, flights grounded. And so this must be, uh, this is the operating system there for the flights, okay? And so the system went uh, failed and we had the flights grounded. That was on January 10th. On January 24th, we have the New York Stock Exchange glitches, 250 plus stocks halted. So uh, guys, this is happening so quickly that you almost forget about these events that just continue one after another, absolutely massive. February 2nd, we get the Chinese spy balloon uh, appears over the United States. Then on February 11th, the UFOs shot down over Canada. That was just, uh, what was that, yesterday, right? 
UFO shot down over Canada. UFO appears over Montana. That's the one that's kind of still going on. Maybe it's over Michigan now. We're, we're watching this one. And then we also get the news today that we have the UFO appearing over China. And apparently this one was in the ocean too. So, I, I mean, guys, it's getting a little freaky out here. 2023, way to start the year. They give us a little massive rally uh, in the crypto space, and we're all cheering that on. While we just see massive events taking place right now, and a big distraction taking place right now away from this event. This event in Ohio is definitely something to watch. Check this out. All these flying objects, quote-unquote flying objects, are a distraction to keep your attention from the massive amounts of deadly vinyl chloride the government decided to burn over Ohio farm farmland. So this is from Stu Peters. I can't confirm exactly what's all going down here because they're not even letting the media uh, approach this situation. I mean, it's obviously an unsafe situation, but we can't even get eyes on the ground, ears on the ground, or even near. And of course, we have... There's a deeper story here. I'm not going to get into it with this episode on the company that's kind of responsible for this, working hand-in-hand -hand with the government and how these disasters kind of usually play out. And I'm not trying to scare anybody, but we just got to watch these situations as they develop and then ask ourselves if we're prepared for what could be coming our way or what is already here, whether that's the balloons, UFOs, weather, weather events, or we have this situation, unfortunate train derailment. And I've seen videos of fish that are already dead miles down, you know, a couple miles downstream. And like I said, I'm not trying to create panic. It's just what we're watching. We're seeing videos come in. We're seeing reports. And we're seeing pictures of just a massive plume of black smoke. And, and we know what the chemical is. And we know how uh, cancerous it can be as well. So we're just going to have to continue to watch this unfold. Remember, no reason to, to panic. Uh, not, not trying to, you know beyond the doom and gloom uh, train here, but we have to understand this. these situations are here, they're developing, and we're just gonna have to continue to watch them and make sure we're prepared. At the end of this month, I'm gonna be having another prepping call within my Discord group, and this is where our community takes the time to go through our plans, go through our strategies, not just for stacking precious metals and having offline assets that we can use for barter during some situations that could occur, right? But also the rest of our food essentials, and making sure that we're prepared for anything that could be coming our way. Because, guys, if, if you can tell, right, from 2020 on here, it's it's almost like we've been living in a simulation, right? Are we watching a movie? Is this reality? What What is going on here, right? From 2020 on, it's just been crazy. So here we are. Let's continue. Now, we have this situation as well. One after another. State of emergency declared for Nevada after major fuel pipeline leak. Nevada Governor Joe Lombardo issued a state of emergency yesterday after a pipeline that supplies fuel to shut down due to a leak at a pumping station in Long Beach, California. The fuel line provides 90% of the Las Vegas Valley's fuel needs, causing mass panic with drivers waiting in long lines to fill their tanks before an official shortage. So remember... An event doesn't even have to be that bad, but just the, the scare, the, the fear, the uncertainty around an event, right, can cause panic, can cause shortages, can cause you to get caught up in a situation that we don't want to get caught up in. And that's why that's so important here to understand our prepping. Before we start chasing meme coins, before we start trading cryptocurrencies, can you feed your family? Great question to ask right now, okay? Can you keep the lights on? Do you have uh, fuel? And... Do you have cash? Do you have cash? Guys, check out this one. 
Lagos, Nigeria banks have collapsed, switching over to a digital currency exchange. No more cash and the people are rioting. No food, no gas, no cash. Coming to a bank near you. Welcome to, well, you know, this guy's going to add his his two cents. Welcome to the new liberal order. Banks will do bail-ins to protect their assets. It's coming. Well, what do we have reports on, right? I, I cover this. France is going to be doing a bail-in of depositor savings to fund the building of six new nuclear reactors. So this is real. There are bail-ins that are happening in France, which is a first world country. I mean, this isn't Nigeria, right? This isn't Zimbabwe. This is France. And there's tons of people in the streets right now that are protesting the reforms that Macron's trying to do to the retirement age over there. Okay. And then now they're floating the idea of doing bail-ins, taking 50 billion worth of depositors savings right out of their accounts to fund nuclear energy because they're, they're not going to be able to heat the homes, right? They, they can't afford the energy. And then as you're seeing in this country of, of Nigeria, the banks have collapsed. They're switching over to a digital currency exchange. No more cash. Now, is that going to happen here? I don't know. I don't know. But, I mean, we see we got gas lines in Nevada right now as we speak. We got panic right now as we speak. And that's why we've been talking about having these assets so that you're not having to go out in the rush of people. You're not having to go out and be involved in the panic. To me, having essentials and being able to feed my family is not about an end-of-the-world scenario. It's about any, any, any dozens of scenarios that could play out and that are playing out in real time, whether we're talking the United States or we're talking the more extreme examples. Remember, we've covered Argentina, 100% inflation over there, Syria, many countries, Zimbabwe, right? And they're ditching the U.S. dollar. They're, they're ditching their, and destroying their currencies as they roll over to a new financial system. And people are getting caught up in that reset. And this is what I've long warned about. I do believe that we're positioned perfectly by holding precious metals and by holding digital assets with real utility that will be the DLT infrastructure layers for that new financial system. Once we flip the switch back on and once we get that new economy moving, the internet of value on DLT rolling, that's going to be great. We're positioned accordingly, but are you are you going to get caught up in this mess? I mean, this is real videos that we're seeing. And then now you're seeing it take place in France as well, the bail-ins. The bail-ins are not a new thing, too, for Europe. And, and so now we're seeing uh, the United States. The FDIC had that emergency meeting, uh, or I don't know if it was an emergency meeting, but it was, a, it was a meeting in November that our FDIC had talking about the systemic risks to the financial system right now and how another event is coming. They don't know what it is, when it'll come, but it is going to be coming. And basically the, the crises of the last two years have kind of shown them Who's going to get paid out? Who's going to get the bailouts? Who's going to get the bail-ins? Who's going to have funds? And who's going to be locked out? As I as I got a clip here, a video of them trying to drag ATMs out of the walls in Nigeria. Truly incredible. Let's not get caught up in it. Let's make sure that we're prepared. And you guys already know the deal. If you need precious metals shipped directly to your door, Get in touch. It's at my website. If you need to roll over your 401k retirement account, we can do that too. Get in touch with us. We'll get it done. Let's save your wealth. Let's save your 401k and let's make sure that you have some offline assets or some assets that are, you know, real value going to be a hedge against inflation and your government's not going to be able to tell you that you can't use them or you got a limit or you've been a bad boy, you know, I'll just leave it at that. Okay. Another one, Kobasi letter. 
This is important to understand where we're at. The markets have not reacted to the chaos. The markets and the meme traders and the bots are oblivious to the reality. This bear market is now near its third relief rally of 15 plus percent. For reference, the 2000 to 2001 bear market had seven rallies of 15%. Now in the crypto market, we did about a 50% rally from the November lows, over 50% for Bitcoin. And some of these cryptos that you guys hold went crazy, right? You guys made some money on the AI memes. That's great. Hopefully you took some profit. This bear market is also now one year old, older than the average of 10 months. So the average bear markets last 10 months. This one, we're now into it in a year. And I think that we still have a ways to go. Kobesi letter says either a major bottom formed or the biggest bull trap in history is coming. And, and that's what we've called this rally for the crypto space specifically. And I think that the same thing is taking place in the S&P, the traditional stock markets as well. So watch out and look out. Now, a different perspective here from Henrik Zeberg. Few understand business cycles. Economy is not in recession at this point. Clock has started and recession will come 100%, but not yet. Uh, okay, so so by my definitions and by, by the standard definitions in economics, as it was un understood prior to 2022, two quarters of negative GDP growth was the technical definition of a recession. But once again, you got people that are still arguing that we're not even in a recession. But I do agree with this guy that it is going to get worse, that we're in the first or second, third inning, and we still have a ways to go. Henrik Zeberg says, economy is not in recession at this point. Clock has started and recession will 100% come, but not yet. We are in Q4 of 2006 to Q1 of 2007. Stock market topped in October 2007. Recession began December 2007. Worst recession, recession since 1929 coming after blow off top. So Henrik Zeberg suggesting that we're going to get one more final blow off top. Well, we're, we're in the middle of a bull trap rally, in my opinion. Are we going to go set a new high for the stocks? Are we going to go set a new high for Bitcoin? I don't see that, but I'm open to all sorts of possibilities here because the Fed can pivot and then all bets are off the table. Forget about what we've been talking about, what our expectations were, because we were going off of the Fed's words as far as you know raising interest rates. And if they choose to pivot, and then if they start to inject into the economy once again, then I could see where we could go. I could see where we would get that final blow off top, but uh, they're going to have to completely pivot. And, you know, we just don't have that information to work with right now. We just got to take Jerome Powell at his word. That's the tough position right now. The, the, the trillion dollar question is when is the Fed going to pivot right now? Here's the situation though. Robert Kiyosaki crash is here. Silicon Valley first dominoes fall laying off 144,000 in 2022. And this is why I say, I don't care whether they call it a recession or not, guys, the situation's real out here. The situation's real. I, I mean, and it's not just the tech bros that are getting laid off. This is main street having to shut its doors too. Crashes here, Silicon Valley first dominoes fall, laying off 144,000 in 2022, 66,000 more in 2023. Valentine's Day massacre predicted by Stansbury Research. Everything will crash, including prices, gold, silver, Bitcoin. Do not panic. Good news. I will be buying more gold, silver, Bitcoin, real money with fake money. So just like Robert, we're trading in that fiat cash, but not into the Bitcoin no utility project. 
we are putting it into real utility like XRP and others. Digital Asset Investor chimes in. In the financial crisis, almost every asset class went down in value. What if the next financial crisis provided an option that wasn't there before? An asset which rises from both utility and the speculation by those who realized its utility. A sort of shelter from the storm and a lender of last resort and an intergalactic reserve currency, according to Gray Kidd. And then I just wanted to make one more point. If you don't remember, Gray Kidd, when, when, when he said that he first heard about XRP, when it was first you know pitched to him, basically, he said it was like Moses coming down to part the Red Sea. That's how we described it. A biblical moment, right? <laughs> no blasphemy intended. I'm just saying what Greg Kidd said. He described it like Moses coming down to part the Red Sea, and he described it as an intergalactic reserve currency. And so we'll see if the aliens are real. We'll see what the program is going to has in store for us as we continue to watch this show. But nonetheless, right, we have to understand that most of the world doesn't even know about crypto. Most of the world doesn't even know about XRP. And like D Digital Asset Investor says right here, what if we have an opportunity? There wasn't an opportunity like this in the prior uh, previous financial crisis. What if in the next financial crisis provided an option that wasn't there before, an asset which rises from both utility and the speculation by those who realized its utility? So by the time the masses get figure out what's going on, it's going to be too late. The price is already going to have melted faces. And this is what the crypto space does, right? As many people are going to come late to the game after they see the massive green candles that come in on uh, XRP. And then you're going to get all the FOMO coming in and see this is where that first initial breakout for me it's very hard to predict because uh, based off the fundamentals the fibonacci yada yada yeah it's a seven to thirteen dollar initial breakout but when we think about the fomo and then if these exchanges start to relist xrp well a whole new reality pandora's box gets opened up in this situation now speaking of relisting xrp here we go brian armstrong says Coinbase's staking services are not securities. We will happily defend this in court if needed. Now I'm going to pull up what I tweeted out today. I, I asked him, I said, when will you relist XRP and send out Songbird and Flare? So, you know, that's cool that Brian's taking this stance here. They're not going to shut down their staking services. But when are you going to service and cater to the XRP community that uh, you might want to actually start listening to, Brian? Because, you know... Personally, myself, I've stopped using Coinbase entirely because of what you guys have done, and I am considering joining that that class action lawsuit by Fred Rispoli to get our XRP back. Yeah. Now, Jeremy Hogan chimes in here, and he says, uh, Jeremy Hogan says this about the Coinbase position. The SEC's legal position on staking as a service is relatively weak. Attacking from this angle alone would be a mistake, in my opinion. In any case, the battle lines have been drawn. SEC versus Coinbase. So are we going to see Coinbase actually put up a fight? Are we going to see them settle up like Kraken and some of these other Nexos? Or are they going to put up a fight? We will see. Right now, Brian Armstrong's talking tough. We're going to keep our staking program alive. Okay, let's see. Now, this is important to remind everybody. This is so important. The crypto meme guy shares this with us. Who stood to make the most money from a Ripple IPO? Because this explains why XRP Ripple was attacked by the SEC once again and how much money was at stake and who stood to make the most money from the Ripple IPO. 
The bank they partnered with, Bank of America, ranked number two in market cap behind JP Morgan. As soon as Brad Garlinghouse announced that Ripple was interested in going public, the SEC dropped the lawsuit on them. The SEC chose JP Morgan. If Ripple had gone public, the Bank of America would have made a great deal of money. This would have closed the gap between themselves and JP Morgan. And so you can see the market cap of uh, Bank of America, $284 billion at the time, and the G uh, JP Morgan market cap up at 413 right? But Crypto Mean Guy says, and if XRP increased from price uh, in price from adoption utility, then again, Bank of America's would have profited greatly and possibly overtaken JPM in the number one spot. By bringing the lawsuit on Ripple, the SEC, Jay Clayton, and others ensured that Bank of America wouldn't gain market share over JP Morgan because Ripple couldn't IPO and XRP price would be suppressed. Bank of America would have been the greatest beneficiary of a level playing field. Well, they definitely, they definitely would have made out. Absolutely. And, um, this is, this is the thing here. We can check this. As Digital Perspectives always says, I'm stacking my pennies next to their dollars. It is a fact that Berkshire Hathaway owns the largest share of Bank of America at 12.5%. Since Bank of America is a Ripple partner, Berkshire Hathaway would benefit from a Ripple versus SEC uh, victory. Bank of America is a huge partner of Ripple and ready to gain competitive advantage over peers once the lawsuit is settled. So... What we have, guys, is we have a power struggle between the old guard, right? Some that are partnering up with Ripple, some that are doing pre-allocation deals for XRP like R3 did. And we can assume that maybe a few other banks and institutions have done some allocations of XRP as well, right? And we can see through the on-demand liquidity uh, market reports from Ripple that we have a massive amount of uh, XRP that's getting sold to on-demand liquidity partners still to this day. And it's actually ramping up. Right. So this is the facts. And this is why they came at Ripple XRP. Right. Because you have an old guard that was in the pockets of Jay Clayton, Bill Hinman of Elizabeth. I got a plan for that Warren. And this is the same battle that's going on today. The same power struggle. And so, like I said, I don't know who's going to make it through this liquidity crisis. If Bank of America makes it through and maybe they would have acquired some XRP to help them do so to you know, solve the liquidity crisis and make it through. Maybe that's part of their plan. I don't know. I don't want to put uh, words in their mouth, but we did get the word on the street from Swell was that Bank of America was looking to use XRP for a quote-unquote competitive advantage after the lawsuit was over. So that's the word on the street from Bank of America. If Bank of America makes it through the liquidity crisis, that's great on them. If JP Morgan does, I wouldn't be surprised as well because they pay their way through court. They pay, pay their way through being exposed for their corruption. And, and so nonetheless, to me, I'm just going to stack my XRP while, while we put up this legal battle as well. And this is why we're getting behind the lawyers like Fred Rispoli by John Deaton and others that are stepping up to the plate, protecting our assets, trying to save our country and these banks fighting for power as well fighting in, in this power struggle between the banking financial institutions of the world, ready to get completely consolidated. Most of them would go away if we did have a retail CBDC. Retail CBDC would take away the commercial banks, and that's a big problem for them, right? So we'll see if they're able to, uh, come, to come to an agreement, come to an agreement, come to an understanding. And remember, like Brad told us, there was over 15 executives from JP Morgan in the offices of Ripple meeting to understand. We have the Chinese Central Bank representatives coming to meet at Ripple's office as well. So Ripple met with the other side. 
Ripple met with both sides of the power struggle, and they kind of just show up to the conversation and say, hey, we got some some, some interesting technology over here. We, we're going to make this a reserve currency, and we're, we're going to you know, you know ramp up the liquidity for this thing to actually solve trillion-dollar problems. Are you interested in this? You know, That's a pretty good value proposition when you pull up and we see the problems between the currency, debt, and liquidity crisis, right? Now, let's continue on here, folks. Massive, massive. And to that point, Nathan Price chimes in on, on the wholesale CBDC level. He says, if wholesale CBDCs are not going to be available to retail and XRP is going to transfer them, value of XRP is going to go up because of them. Why would banks want retail holding XRP if they are providing the liquidity market? Restrict retail with uh, through wholesale CBDC, but not XRP. How does that work? And so he's bringing up a document here. Uh, looks like this is winning the future of money, a proposal for a U.S. central bank digital currency. Uh, U.S. Congressman Jim Himes talking about this wholesale versus retail, and he, he's showing some other deals here. But essentially, what we've long been talked about is whether, basically, whether they are able to regulatory capture this thing, capture this asset, and force Ripple to give up the escrow or force us to give up our XRP, or in the much more likely scenario, in my opinion. They are just going to be what what they did with their actions is they put this in regulatory uncertainty for two years while they were able to cut deals for XRP, while they were able to suppress the price of XRP and do deals with Ripple, acquire XRP before we we actually roll out the wholesale CBDCs. And we're seeing the CBDCs get rolled out on the retail level as well. There's trials going on right now in most most developed countries. Okay. And then um we're just going to continue to see those programs ramp up and accelerate into the new year. But the fact remains, XRP designed for wholesale payments, uh, or at least that's what Ripple's focus has been on, is allowing these institutions to use XRP for wholesale payments. Me and you get to use XRP on the retail level, and I don't think that they're going to end up being able to ban us or say that we can't own it or we can't buy it, but they have made it more difficult to get it. And I do believe that if we if we just look at what Ripple's doing, they're only giving the escrow to their on-demand liquidity partners. So then it would be up to us to hope and pray that these banks and financial institutions are going to allow that XRP to trickle down to the retail level, allow it to be sold off to the retail level. But if they're using it on the wholesale level, and like we saw out of the example of that uh, partner in India, the partner in India was not even... Uh, allowing retail to use XRP, they were just using XRP on the wholesale level and the clients, the people uh, of, of their bank, of their you know money program, whatever they were, they, they didn't hold XRP. It was just done on the back end, right? And, and so, like I said, I don't think they ban it. I don't think they're able to, but where's the XRP going right now? It's only going into the hands of banks and financial institutions. And I mean, we can make our speculation, make our assumption on how much XRP is available in the exchanges, kind of out in the public retail space for us to get. But I've long been saying, I think that that supply is a lot smaller than we think. And I think this is where we're going to start to get supply shock as we start to move up. It won't take much for that supply shock to be realized. And then this is when, uh, like I said, a whole new reality starts to open up for what where XRP is going to go price-wise. We no longer will be having a conversation. We no longer will be butthurt about XRP not doing anything, but people are going to be crying. People are going to be... People are going to be going through it based off of how quickly and violently XRP moves to the upside and then back down 
and back up. I mean, where we go, like I said, we open up a whole new reality that I don't think many people are prepared for. We'll no longer be butthurt. We'll no longer be complaining and having little Twitter spaces based off of FUD and whining and complaining about XRP not doing anything. But we're going to have a different set of problems, and that's most people that don't have an exit strategy and that aren't prepared to come into sudden wealth. Aren't prepared to, you know, now they have six figures in the bank account. Now they have a million bucks to their name, right? And so that's what we want to prepare for in our community, right? Forget the noise. I'm not pulling up to the Twitter spaces where these guys are bitching and complaining anymore. It's absolutely pathetic. It's an absolute uh, joke and an embarrassment, actually. And we don't have time for that because what we're focused on is on our exit strategies, on our wealth preservation, and, and how we can actually multiply that wealth going forward, too. When we make the bag off XRP, off XLM, XDC, and maybe some of these other utility cryptocurrencies that you hold, right? Then we got to have a plan from there. And so that's where, where I'm focusing at right now because it's going to be violent. You got to have your exit strategy written down. You got to really like, like put your mindset into what's going to be happening during that time, right? If we're, if we're going through, if we've just recovered from one of the greatest financial crises that we've ever seen, um, you, you know, one of the greatest bear markets that we've seen, think about you know the massive amount of job layoffs when when the real estate market continues to crash think of that reality and then all of a sudden you have a hundred thousand because of XRP you're worth a million dollars because of XRP so you really we really got to to put ourselves in that new reality that's going to open up and be able to navigate that navigate that right because like, like these guys are complaining now about XRP price moving. At that point, they're going to be complaining about the price dropping back down from $100 back down to 50 or $100 back down to 20 or or even if it's just $10 back down to 2 right? You see where this goes. And I don't think that many people are ready for this. Now, let's continue on here, folks. Massive, massive uh, right here. This one from Kurt, Kurt on Twitter, Kurt Moya. Huge shout out to Kirk. He, he, he came up in my Twitter space the other day. I've had a couple conversations with him. He's a good guy. And he shares this one from Digital Perspectives. Never forget what's going on behind the scenes. Which central banks are you working with? This question was asked at James Wallace. And James says, who is uh, one of the CBDC advisors at Ripple. He says, we're working with many of them. They're mostly under non-disclosure agreements. Um, so I'm not at liberty to share the details. We're working with each continent apart from Antarctica. Well, I might add that maybe David Schwartz, you know, David might've done a deal with the aliens when he visited Antarctica. We don't know about that. You know, they did go down to Antarctica. David did. So, uh, you know, huge shout out to David for representing us, uh, when, when we're doing deals with the aliens, that's great from one alien to another. Let's get the deal done. Good job, David. Uh, no, all, all jokes aside, guys, remember, so many NDAs, so many NDAs. When you're working with the central banks, when you're working with these banks, financial institutions, this is not, not uh, I mean, we're not talking about these little partnerships that the little crypto kids are getting, right? This is massive deals on the line, massive deals. Team of lawyers on one side, team of lawyers on the other side, conducting business deals and transactions, pre-allocation deals, right? Non-disclosure agreements on, yes, you can say that you're in a partnership with us, but please don't disclose how, you know, we're, we're running trials on the private ledger. We're doing deals on the private ledger. What, you know, you don't reveal what our plan really is. Uh, don't, don't reveal what the set price of XRP is going to be, right? This is the type of stuff that's in that non, these NDAs, 
Right. And and this is why we have so much speculation in the XRP community is because we're trying to figure out how this story ends, right? We're running we're running with assumptions, we're running with the speculation trying to figure out how this story ends. Truly incredible. But I got a nice clip right here. Um oh, I forgot. Uh the the clip from David is coming up here shortly, but before that, I got this one here. Absolutely love it. Uh Digital Asset Investor shares this. Crypto cancel culture cops alert. I love it. I love it. DAI. God bless you, brother. What's the fair market value of XRP? He's letting the cancel culture on Twitter know. Uh, red alert, red alert. And uh, Molly Elmore has put out this XRP valuation based on the 2018 Susan Athey and Robert Michnik model. I would look forward to going over it. Great work as usual, Molly Elmore. Keep up the free speech. And absolutely, couldn't agree more. Absolutely. And remember, Susan Athey and Robert Michnik, these are some of the lead... Um, they, they they were I forget what they were in lead business uh, folks of, of of Stanford basically, uh, they they were at the top of of the the hierarchy there at Stanford when they put out this model. This was originally put out by them, right? So this is not from the the, the you know the buyback valuation committee. This is actually taking their model and then plugging uh, a different set of assumptions and variables into the equation. So. We have this one, and Digital Asset Investor is so funny. He he played this video with the Blues Brothers, the the uh, or was it the Cops? I can't play it because of the uh, copyright, but I love DAI's sense of humor. Absolutely, God bless. Now, so Molly Elmore is going to explain this one for us. What is the fair market value of XRP? Back in 2018, Susan Athey and Robert Michnik built a model to determine the value of XRP. A thread on the A&M model and what this model with updated inputs tells us. And so that's what I'm saying is that this is taking their model with updated inputs, updated assumptions, okay? The Athey-Michnik model, okay? The key concept in this model is that there are two fundamental competing forces that drive the price of XRP. The first force is a function of using the asset for payments. Two, as demand for XRP increases because people are using it to exchange value, the price will rise in response. The second force enters the dynamic as a consequence of the first force. When the price of XRP increases from higher demand via transaction adoption, more people will see XRP as a logical place to store value. Some, some might call that a reserve currency. Wealth, profits, and savings must be stored somewhere. Why not in an asset that is rising in value? When more people use XRP to store value, the circulating supply of tokens available for transactions decreases. As the asset becomes more scarce, the price increases in response. Same demand plus smaller supply equals price increase. Are you ready, folks? A whole new reality? Reserve currency of the new financial system? Let's send it. Absolutely. This is known as the virtuous cycle and is a key concept behind the A&M model. The inputs for the model have a significant impact on the price calculated as a result. The most influential variable is the amount of value stored within XRP, followed by the value transacted daily. To verify the accuracy of the model, we plugged in today's values, 24-hour transaction value, and current market cap. The output price was $0.75. Cents. This is not massively far from the current market price, but it does provide evidence that the uncertainty around the U.S. legal classification of the asset is artificially suppressing the market value. However, the fair market value analysis conducted by the team is primarily focused on how XRP 
would be valued once upon or once it is widely adopted and used by the marketplace. One of the most challenging aspects to this model is estimating how much value will be stored in XRP and how much of the global transactions will be done using XRP via the XRPL. We chose a conservative approach for the base case and assumed 10% migration of both would be reached by 2030. The sensitivity analysis explored how varying the store of value specifically played a role. As one might expect, the rate at which XRP adoption as an exchange of value grows and the total value of stored in XRP have a very large impact on the price of the asset. The, the model also assumed that the time difference between transactions was one second. However, the price did not vary much when that was changed to an hour or even a day. Relative to the value being moved and stored, the transaction speed was not a powerful driver in the calculation. This is the fourth model out of six. The remaining two will be shared soon, followed by a paper describing each in detail with a summary of our findings. Great, fantastic work by Molly Elmore. Make sure you guys go give Molly a follow and make sure you guys go uh, listen to the session that I did with Molly. I had her on my show. Uh, that was I don't know, a month or two ago where we had Molly on, on on with us. And that was a fantastic session, okay? Fantastic. The virtuous cycle flywheel, as you guys can see right here. As XRP adoption increases for payment transactions, asset prices increase. Price in increase drives up demand to store value, reducing available supply for transactions. New use cases emerge. Javon's paradox, driving vertical and horizontal adoption growth. Competing forces of increasing adoption and store value demand lead to exponential price increase. Love it. Love it. And so right here we have the XRP value calculation. Daily transaction value, $700 billion. Time between transactions, one second. Store of value demand, 530 trillion. XRP circulating supply, 56.5 billion. Discount rate, 10%. Time until steady state, seven years, 2030. Price per XRP, 4,813. Model assumptions. 10% of the total global transactions move to XRPL by 2030. So that's where that number comes from. Is that 10% of the total global transactions move to XRPL by 2030? 10% of global assets move to XRPL by 2030. Um, XRP in escrow, not available for store value. And the discount rate applies even in asset-backed currency economy. Okay? So once again, I love freedom of speech. I love having this conversation about fair market value. I'm not on a, on the valuation subcommittee of the, the buyback committee group, whatever you want to call it, right? I, I'm just someone who's listening in on the conversation. I'm included in the emails. I'm having conversations with Jimmy, with Molly, with Patrick Riley, with other members, uh, other, other people that... Uh, can't be named either. That's the confidential part. There's some people that don't want to release their names, investment bankers, other lawyers, other people that you would know and recognize. And this is an important conversation to have because we need to talk about the fair market value of XRP. And whether you disagree with the model or not, whether you disagree with the assumptions or not, we just are trying to plug in some numbers, some assumptions to figure out where this could go because our government has damaged us. They've damaged the property, right? And we're trying to protect our assets. And as someone who's invested in the asset, I want an idea of where it goes, right? So David Schwartz has, has, has you know, said that 
as high as you want to dream, right? As much as you want to dream is, is where XRP can go. And I'm about to play a clip here from David Schwartz. But he put out numbers. What did he put out? $20. He put out $120. But he cited that you have to add multiples to this equation that he put out there based off of people just holding XRP, right? And so this is where it's tough to come up with these assumptions. It's tough to put any validity to them or value on them when, like I said, they're assumptions. And the only people that really have all of the numbers to plug in this equation would be Ripple, would be the other banks, financial institutions that have partnered up with Ripple that are planning on using XRP. And I'm sure that they're sitting down and having conversations and working through their own model. And, you know, maybe they are working with the, you know, Susan Athey, Robbie Michnick model, right? Maybe that's part of their equation, right? But you have to do these models, have these conversations if you want to plan on, on how much liquidity you can actually move through XRP. So... Uh, for me, I'm just going to continue to to share this information as it comes across my desk, what I find relevant and pertinent to our community. That's what I'm going to share. And as always, um, I appreciate the work of the lawyers. I appreciate the work of the other people on behalf of the XRP community trying to uh, move this thing ahead, right? Remember, we wouldn't have to be here if our SEC government didn't sue us, didn't sue Ripple, didn't sue Brad and Chris and put this whole asset class in, in purgatory, right? We wouldn't have to be here, okay? But we are, and so this is an important fight that we have to be putting up. I'm standing behind John Dean, Fred Rispoli, Jimmy Valley, anybody else that wants to, to to fight alongside me as as we're just doing our part to have this conversation and say that it's ridiculous what the SEC did. It's quite frankly embarrassing, okay? But then acknowledging uh, the potential future price of XRP and from, from just an investment perspective, I've just come to the conclusion that no matter what, no matter what models, assumptions, no matter what mass calculations you want to do, we move to a price that's going to be a life-changing opportunity. Do you have enough XRP for that move? You know, I, I mean, most people can come to the conclusion that barring the world doesn't end, when we get out of this lawsuit, we move somewhere interesting. We move somewhere that kind of gets you turned on, gets you excited. Do you have enough XRP? Now, Jimmy Valley says right here that I concur and cur uh, with Joel Katz 100% in his remarks in the attached video. I will be criticized for this tweet. And, and that's what's so funny is that uh, David here has, has acknowledged really what's at stake and what's being done here. This is truly groundbreaking technology and what the goals are of Ripple are truly uh, incredible. No one else in the space is being this bold being this bold with their mission and with the adoption that's spreading here for XRP is just absolutely massive. Let's take a listen here to David Schwartz. We have the technology to allow every financial institution on the planet to settle with every other financial institution in a compatible jurisdiction in any asset in seconds for less than a penny. Just, just think about this. You, you, anyone who's made a payment knows that we're nowhere near that today. But imagine every financial institution settling with every other financial institution in seconds for less than a penny, any asset. That's fundamentally transformative. We have the technology to do it. Now we just need to figure out how to drive the adoption. And of course, there's all the challenges with there's incumbents, there's regulation, there's inertia. You know, there's the big, big, there's big players who are really trying to defend, you know, if you're at the, if you're one of the largest banks in the world, you you want to push pause or stop on technology. 
because because you're you're in, you're in the lead. So of course, like you know, you say you love technology, but obviously, you know, you wish you could stop it. So we have the technology. They wish that they could stop it. And they've created the technology for every bank in the world to be able to tap into this system and settle up with each other instantly with anything, any form of value. Truly, truly groundbreaking. Now, we have this video from uh, The Chosen One. XRP is our future, guys. This is a badass video. I'm going to play this one for you guys, okay? This one is, uh, this one's sweet. Check this out. about the internet of value at Ripple, we're thinking much bigger than just cross-border payments. Kind of like Amazon with rare books in the early days, just this market happens to be a $10 trillion market. said in the past that you are doing for money what email did for communication. For the industry is moving the whole revolution forward. There's trillions of dollars parked around the world. Big time move in XRP. Is there a possibility that Ripple could take over Swift one day? Well. Ten years out on the financial crisis, we still don't have the infrastructure perhaps to prevent the next one. And I think this is where digital assets can really help because an efficient digital asset uh, can really solve um, some of the key problems in global liquidity. You know, the world's got trillions and trillions of dollars tied up in liquidity just to get around how clunky the movement of value is around the world. If with a really efficient digital asset, something like XRP, and that's what we believe will be the, uh, the most efficient, um, you can now reduce trillions and trillions of capital from being tied up. So you can make those transfers instantly as a bank or as a payment provider or as an enterprise without having to have money pre-positioned. I think we are about to see massive disruptions. Love it. Love it. I love the dramatic video. Absolutely love it. Okay. So now, and I also love, you guys know me, I love the dramatic TA. I love the dramatic names and terms for the technical analysis. And so we got this one from here, uh, EG Reg Crypto. Love his stuff. He's calling this one the super guppy indicator. Guys, <laughs> I don't know what this is. I don't know what value to put on this. He calls it the super guppy. I don't know what indicator that is. But anyways, let's take a look here. EG Reg Crypto. <laughs> love the work. XRP from November 6th or de uh, December 4th, 2023. So he's saying basically November 6th or December 4th of this year. The super guppy indicates changing in trends, breakouts, and trading opportunities. 
If XRP rhymes with cycle A or cycle B, then XRP needs 273 or 301 days to start the official bull run. In the future, XRP will retest top and bottom of line reg channel. Okay, let's expand this out and let you guys take a look at this one. Okay, here we go. The super guppy indicator change uh, indi indicates changing in trends, breakouts, and trading opportunities. If we rhyme cycle A or cycle B, then we need 273 or 301 days, which takes us here to the end of this year. The end of this year, and then we really send it. And then we really go with it, right? And uh, this is going to be absolutely massive, guys. Absolutely massive. But remember, we got to stay patient right now in this lawsuit. The bear market's not over. The fundamental analysis is there, confirming everything for us. But we do have the super guppy indicator telling us here uh, towards the end of the year. So another another technical analysis point taking us to the end of the year. Now let's take a look here at our Bitcoin chart, guys, real quick. At the sticks, we're seeing that Bitcoin back on up here uh, today. Basically back up to 22,000. And it bounced perfectly right off of our 21,500 support that we had. And so right now, I am not trading this market. I'm just watching this thing, waiting to accumulate more um, when we go back down uh, below. You know, For me, I'm waiting for some of these assets to go back down quite a bit more before I'm going to accumulate. But that's because I've already packed my bag. So like I said, right now, it's all about... Our digital assets with real utility, it's about our precious metals. It's about going, I'm going to be going to the store to uh, top off my preps. And there's understanding that I, you know, got to make sure that we have the supplies, the food, and make sure that we can ride out any storm that they're about to send us our way. Whether XRP is truly intergalactic, whether the aliens are real, whether we go to 50000 whether we go to $5. Uh, folks, this is going to be a massive opportunity here, and it's going to come violently and rather quickly, in my opinion after this lawsuit concludes, or we could start to see the front running of the price uh, before the lawsuit gets announced, the settlement gets announced, the conclusion gets announced. I'm expecting actually to see a front running of that move. So be ready. This thing's going to move violently. And on a day-to-day -day basis, we're just continuing to stay tapped in, okay? You guys out there, enjoy your Super Bowl Sunday. I hope you guys have fun. I'm going to be coming back on potentially after the Super Bowl for a after-party session, another hangout session where I will take your Q&A, take your questions. But I appreciate everyone for joining me here tonight. We ran it up over 600 people on the YouTube, got a couple hundred people on the TikTok, and I do appreciate everyone for being tapped in here with us. Head on over to my website if you're looking to join our investment community, okay? And then as well, you can get your cryptocurrencies and you can get your precious metals and you can get a plan. You want a plan, you want a program, or do you want to hang out with these guys complaining, whining, oh, woe is me. Or you want to get tapped in, take massive action, and take advantage of the greatest transfer of wealth in world history. God bless you all. I'll see you guys in the next one. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Greatest Transfer of Wealth with your host, Zach Rector. Please remember to follow us over on Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, and Rumble. To get in touch, please just head on over to ZachRector.com. You can check out all of our affiliate links and get access to our exclusive Discord community over at the website. We appreciate all of you for tuning in. And all that we ask is that you share this message with other like-minded individuals. If you appreciate the show, feel free to go ahead and leave us a five-star review. We will see you in the next one. Take care and God bless.